0: you want to know what servanthood looks like, the essence of it is found in Jesus Christ. He who was Lord of all became servant of all. Listen to this. The sovereign God became a servant man so he could be our savior supreme.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire.
0: is that God didn't just send an angel to reach us, nor did he send a normal man. No, God became a man, and that's the miracle of Christmas. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Our King Has Come, with a look at the incredible miracle of God becoming a man in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, so many people get it wrong with what Christianity is all about. We envision Jesus as just a good man who wandered from town to town, saying nice, loving things to people, a real man of peace. But in actuality, the Bible tells us that he was Almighty God, the creator of the universe, wrapped in skin, and became one of us. God became a man. Could that really be true? How could such a thing happen? Well, we're about to find out in our Christmas message entitled, God Became a Man. So let's go right to the message. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Can you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, today renew my mind and make Jesus more real to me than he's ever been. And I thank you for it, Lord, and for liberty and preaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God heard that prayer. Amen. Well, we're in our third of this Christmas series, Our King Has Come, and we've taken all the messages out of those verses, Philippians 2, 5 to 8, because really they tell the story of Christmas. And in a day when Jesus is being so undermined in our culture, so marginalized, so misrepresented, so shot down, and those who follow him are experiencing a level of criticism and persecution we're not used to. I wanted to preach Jesus up and tell you the truth about who he was, who he is, and who he will always be. So we're dealing for the third week now. The first message was called, Jesus was God. Jesus was God, because the Bible says, who being by very nature, God. Jesus was God, the creator of the universe. The second message was entitled, Jesus was unselfish because the Bible says he gave up his divine privileges in order to become a man. He left some things behind. He let some things go. He laid some things down unselfishly so he could redeem us. And now today I'm going to deal with the subject, God became a man. Because the verses we're focused on are these, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself. Now here's the way the Message Bible puts it. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. And having become human, he stayed human. God became a man. We're not celebrating lights and giving gifts and some holiday but what we're really celebrating what's really all about is that God became a man. That's impossible to wrap your mind around that the great creator of the universe decided to come to earth, wrap himself in humanity and become one of us. God became a man. And that's the true meaning of Christmas. God became a man. Can we say it together? God became a man. So you see, you can't get near the story of Jesus without encountering two great miracles. A virgin's womb and an empty tomb. And I'm going to slide a third one in there. God became a man. You can't get near the story of Jesus without believing in a miracle. You must believe in a miracle to believe in the message of Jesus Christ. Christmas is predicated on a miracle. God became a man. Deity wrapped itself in skin. So here's the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, He felt our pain. Jesus became a man and felt our pain, lived amongst us, walked with us, talked with us, sweated like us, worked like us, hurt like us, all without sinning, And ultimately, he died for us. God became a man. That's virtually impossible to really fathom and comprehend the full magnitude of what this means. That God loved us so much. He loved you so much and me so much. Matter of fact, the incarnation does not make sense unless you reduce it to an act of love. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Why did Jesus come? Because it was love. He loved you so much and me so much that He would become a man in order to reach us. And I'm going to tell you, folks, when He decided to become a man, He left more than we will ever know to become one of us. Amen. Yeah. Now, you know that I love dogs. I, we have three at home. When my daughter comes to visit, we have six at home. Do you know that in the last three weeks, I've rescued three dogs, gotten them back to their owners. When I see a dog wandering around the streets and I can tell he's lost, my heart goes out to that dog because I love dogs. And if you don't love dogs, I want you to come at the end of the service and I'm going to anoint you with oil. Okay? Because I love dogs. And I have a heart for dogs. And so I want you to imagine something with me today. Even if you don't have a dog, imagine this with me, that lying at your feet is your dog or a dog. And I want you to also imagine that your dog and every dog in the world is in deep distress, really hurting, really suffering, in real trouble. All the dogs in the world. And I want you to imagine further that you read about a brand new scientific discovery that would bring healing and wholeness to every dog in the world. And you jump and you rejoice. say, Oh, good. All the dogs are going to be helped. And then you get to the last paragraph and there is a catch. A human being is going to have to become a dog to save them. Now, if this were true, I want to ask you a question. Would you be willing to jump in as the first candidate? I'll become a dog. I'll become a dog. Would you become a dog to save dogs? Would you put down, think with me, your human nature, the ability to speak, to think logically, to walk on two legs, to laugh, to create? Would you lay it down? Would you leave your loved ones, your job, your hobbies, your art, your literature, your creativity? Would you lay it down? Would you leave it? Would you walk away from it? Would you choose instead of a deep relationship you have with your spouse, say? The poorest substitute, would you accept the poorest substitute of looking into your beloved's face, only able to bark, unable to smile, unable to speak, unable to say I love you? Would you do it? Would you, would you be willing to become a dog in order to save all dogs? I love dogs, but I'm going to tell you, nope. <laughs> it stops right there. I'll rescue them. I'll save them. I'll feed them. I'll take them to the vet. I'll pay the vet bill. I'll do anything I can to help a dog, to bless a dog. But if you ask me, Jeff, would you become a dog to help that dog? No. <laughs> you know why? Because I would have to give up so much. Much to do it. But that's what Jesus did. By becoming a man, he limited the very thing which to him was most precious in all the world, his unobstructed, unhindered communion with the Father in heaven. He gave it all up. He laid it down and walked away and came to earth and became a man. The Bible says it was an incredibly... I'm quoting the Bible now. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, and then he died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, the death of crucifixion. Think about this. God, the Son, came to earth, became a man, wrapped himself in flesh, became obedient, humbled himself, became one of us, left everything there in glory, left the glory that he had with the Father, became one of us, but then he humbled himself and went all the way to the cross and allowed his own creation to crucify him. Incomprehensible, unfathomable, we cannot wrap our minds around it. Jesus, who was God, became a man to save us. I read a true story. Dr. John Rosen a psychiatrist in New York City, is well known for his work with catatonic schizophrenics. And if you know anything about schizophrenia, there's four kinds, and catatonic is the worst. You're essentially, as the word says, you're, you're catatonic, you're really gone. And he works with catatonic schizophrenics. And normally doctors that work with that type of schizophrenia, they really don't spend any unnecessary time with their patients that they don't have to because they're very difficult. But Dr. Rosen is different. I read, he literally moved into the ward with them. He placed his bed among their beds. He lives the life that they must live day to day. He shares their pain. If they don't talk, he doesn't talk either. It's as if he understands what is happening in their troubled minds, and his being there, being with them, communicates something that they haven't experienced in years. Somebody understands me. But then he does something else. The article went on to say, he puts his arms around them and he hugs them. He holds these unattractive, unlovable sometimes even incontinent people and loves them back into life and often the very first words they ever say to him are thank you for becoming like me this is what jesus did he came to our world he came to our neighborhood he came to your house he came to you he came to me He lived amongst us, not above us as a superior, not below us as an inferior, but beside us as one like us. And he hugged us. He hugged us as he taught us about God and life and heaven and hell and truth and falsehood about ourselves and our lostness. He came to our life. No matter how dirty we were and weren't you dirty and wasn't I, how repugnant our sin, how black our hearts, no matter how hopeless our condition, Jesus stepped in and embraced us. I've often thought the cross is interesting because it's like this, and I see it this way. He has his arms open in a ready embrace. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. All this was made possible by the greatest miracle in all the world that has ever rocked our planet, and that is the incarnation. Now, let me tell you what incarnation literally means. God became a man. When you say incarnation, God incarnate, you're saying God in flesh. God became a man. God became a human being. How could this be? I don't know, but it did happen. Now, when you look at the incarnation, you see three things in the verses we read. Let me share them with you. Here they are. Three things Jesus did in the incarnation. The first thing, he made himself of no reputation. When he incarnated, when he came to be one of us, he made himself, the Bible says, he emptied himself or stripped himself of his glory by having taken on himself the form of a slave and having been made or born in the likeness of men. He emptied himself. Even though God the Son was equal with God the Father... Rather than exalting himself, he chose to make himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. He divested himself of what he had in glory and came to be one of us. To make himself of no reputation means that Jesus deprived himself of the glories and the graces he deserved as being God. He emptied himself rather than being full of himself. Think about some of the ways that the Son of God deprived himself of what he had when he became a man. I thought of four. He submitted himself to hunger and thirst. You know, that we, he never knew hunger and thirst in glory, but on the cross he said, I thirst. He submitted himself to hunger and thirst. In the wilderness, he fasted. It says being hungry. In heaven, Jesus never experienced hunger and never thirst. But he divested himself of that perfection and came to be one of us. Second, he submitted himself to weariness and exhaustion. He never knew what it meant to be tired or weary in heaven. But it says that the woman on the well, the reason he was at the well, of course, he knew exactly what he was doing and who he was going to reach. But it says, being weary, he sat at the well. The Son of God felt weariness, felt tiredness, but in heaven he never had that. He was never tired in heaven, never weary, but he gave up a, a an existence of total unending perfect strength to become one of us. He submitted himself to pain and suffering. He knew no pain in heaven. But here he did, oh on earth he did. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. And on the cross and before the cross, he suffered unimaginable pain. We will never know. He submitted himself to pain and to suffering. And this was his own will, his own decision, his own choice to do it. This is what Jesus did. He never heard in heaven. And I got good news for you. In heaven, there's no more pain. It says in Revelations that God will wipe away every tear and there will be no more pain. And let me add a few things. No more heartache. No more cancer. No more headaches. No more arthritis. No more insomnia. None of that. It's all gone. It's all taken away in heaven. God will wipe away every tear. What a day that will be. We will never cry again, never weep again, never hurt again, never suffer again, never experience any disease again in heaven. And then the last thing I noticed, he submitted himself to many of the limitations of human understanding. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom, but in heaven he possessed perfect wisdom and all knowledge. But when he wrapped himself in skin and became a human being, he had to grow in wisdom. It's hard to understand apart from love. Why Jesus would deny himself such privileges? How do you explain it? You can't, apart from love. God so loved. He so loved us. He loves you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. And because he did, let me give you some good news. We have a high priest in heaven who understands all of our needs. Listen to Hebrews 4. We have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What it's telling us is when you and I experience temptation, Jesus says, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I just didn't sin. I know what it feels like. So he's able to empathize and sympathize and step into our struggle and step into our pain and step into that craving that we have towards something that is wrong and say, I'm here to help you because I've been there. I was a human being like you. So Jesus emptied himself and became a man. Second thing he did, he took on the form of a servant. This blows me away. He took on the form. Remember when we started this series, I read verse 6. It says, and being in the form of God, which means he was the essence of God. He was in the form of God before he came. But now we read that when he came, he took on the form of a servant, another form, the form of a servant. He took the form, the essence of a servant. If you want to know what servanthood looks like, the essence of it is found in Jesus Christ. He who was Lord of all became servant of all. Listen to this. The sovereign God became a servant man so he could be our Savior, supreme. He's a servant. The Bible tells us that one night Jesus washed the disciples' feet. It says Jesus knew on the evening of Passover day that it would be his last night on earth before returning to his Father. And during supper, the devil had already suggested to Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that this was the night to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. And then John inserts this, and how he loved his disciples. So he got up from the supper table, God wrapped in flesh, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his loins, poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel he had around him. He's the one that said, let there be and the stars appeared in the universe. And now God is bowing down to his creation and washing their feet. I'm amazed at what God accomplished in the birth of Jesus Christ. God became one of us, felt our pain, witnessed our suffering, loved us unconditionally, and then died for us on the cross. The Bible says that, quote, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Wow. I don't know about you, but that puts a whole new meaning into Christmas for me. We are literally celebrating the greatest rescue mission in the history of the world. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to Himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. And this is the wonderful message He has given us to tell others. You know, our goal at Life Talk is to aid in the spiritual growth of you, our listeners. That said, don't go anywhere, because in just a moment, our announcer is going to tell you about an exciting offer that will do just that, help you in your walk with the Lord. Now, here's our announcer. God Became a Man is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series Our King Has Come. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series Our King Has Come for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to livetalkradio.us, or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information.
1: Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to LifeTalk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to LifeTalk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Lifetalk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Lifetalk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Lifetalk Radio and much much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station.